hello, this is me having a nice chin wag with Ellen Schofield, the NSDF selector and movement extraordinaire and alumni of the festival. Let's go. Mighty Ellen Schofield. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Good, thank you. So we were just discussing before we were told by Digi Grace we could start um, the, the forums. Yeah. Um, interesting. So let's just carry on talking what we're talking about so what are the forums so the forums are a space at lunchtime informal bring your lunch have a chat um, and you get lunch as well you don't get lunch but you can bring it oh, you can bring it. Your lunch, yeah it's right. informal you can have a you know B-Y-O-L. eat with your mouth full I don't care yeah. <laughs> BYOL and um, they are on a range of topics so the first one we had we've had two so far first one was to train or not to train that mm-hmm. is the question um, we had about 40 people there just big group. Yeah, big group. Directors, writers, and also a, a, a majority actors. Um, so we had um, lovely Mark Graham, who's trained at Arts Ed, I think, and Peter Bradley, who's trained on Birkbeck, versus Ali Pidsey, who was not trained as a director. Um, and we signposted people to yourself and Lucy Ellenson, who mm. have not trained on the selecting team, but, but now act. Yeah, so just a space where people can come and either bring a provocation or a question or we can just have a chat. Um, and if the group's large enough, then we'll kind of separate into separate groups and then pool resources and thoughts and bring it back to the centre and discuss um, what we have found. Or maybe sometimes they'll raise more questions than answers, but that yeah. too is fine. Um, yeah, and so that's the, the beauty of the forum. Interesting. And it's quite a specific context as well, because it's like... Yeah, I haven't trained. So, and, and when you think of untrained, you think sort of not drama school, right? Mm. Yeah, that's the, for, yeah. For, an, for an actor at least. Um, I've I've studied at two universities, you know. So there's like, and I know that's not formal acting training, but there is a difference between being like un untrained. Also, has I feel like it's got some connotations of unstudy, uninstitution. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean. And definitely. That, I know it's a student drama festival, so an assumption can be made that the majority of people here are or have been a student but I feel, I feel like there's people that aren't you know and student can also mean a student at school and like sixth yeah. form and that doesn't yeah. mean university and so I'm an example or someone's an example of untrained but has done two degrees and I feel like it's not not necessarily offering that sort of whole option and I think that's interesting to consider in terms of the Definitely, because we do use training to mean like conservatoire, don't yeah, we? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but like, I because I haven't trained for maybe it's like formal training mm. then, because I've not trained as a director formally, but like I assistant direct, so I'm training on the job. Yeah, when exactly. observing those yeah, people. Yeah. Um, do you have a particular stance about training or not, or not training? Yeah, I do. Maybe What's your I mean, a, a very just been speaking to Sean Lennon about this actually mm-hmm. because um, for me as a director Sean Lennon is a, is a brilliant, selector brilliant director and brilliant selector human and good just wonderful great guy human being yeah. oh yes um, we've just been chatting because actually Birkbeck as an example is one of the is, is lauded as kind of the top director training in the country mm-hmm. um, Peter Bradley our lovely selector and company director has been trained on, on that course mm-hmm. and has said brilliant things about it but for me um, there is a Birkbeck director in a lot of large theatre companies and theatre buildings mm-hmm. which means that it makes assistant directors that are not part of that course it's it's a real barrier for us because right. they can get somebody for free who is essentially paying 
to be a part of that course, wow. they can get a direct assistant director for free. So buildings um, have most of their season covered by Birkbeck assistant directors. Wow. And so that is difficult and makes it a bit of a rough deal because I would I considered Birkbeck for a long time, but I knew that actually financially I would need to take year or years even to afford to live in London for two years. I don't have a base there. I have no family there um, or anywhere near there that actually I would have to take a year or two out, go back to the old RSC call centre, mm. um, other car insurances are available, <laughs> and, um, and... For the record, it's RAC, not RSC. Uh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> RAC. It sounded similar. Like, <laughs> RAC. RSC. I did say RSC, RSC, I think. RSC, you got a call centre. RAC, yeah, mate. <laughs> Skip a Imagine. season, work at a call We're just going to do a sonnet for you uh, <laughs> on the phone, if you don't mind. It's a good idea. Um, imagine. No, sorry, the RAC mm-hmm. motoring company. Um, t- and, you know, have a kind of soul-destroying few years just scrimping and saving to then right. go back out there. Um, and actually, I thought, I, d- I don't know whether it's worth it. Mm. And I got some feedback, actually, years ago at this festival from directors saying, like, why don't you use that? you know it's 12 grand a year plus the cost of living in london that's not affordable for you know the majority of people that's nowhere near affordable and why don't you use a fraction of that money put on your own work invite people to see it which actually for me has worked fairly well so do you feel like there's an element of your because i never i never think of um or think it's healthy to think of or actually think it's correct to think of sort of fear in a way that we're competing but do mm. you think that there's an element of you're competing with people who are buying opportunity by paying to go on that course and not to knock like this course not the, the brilliance that comes from it and the the fact that there's bursaries available mm. i'm sure um yeah, and surely. there's there's do you know what i mean there's loads of ways that you you know like you, we've paid whether it's from student loan or in some form we've yeah. paid for opportunities as well so that's it's a common thing um but is that difficult do you think that closes doors or do you think it just means that you've got to put in the work and be more creative and find a you know a different way and, and the institutions that the but people might be placed in aren't the only places that you can direct yeah definitely I think actually um there has been backlash is not the right word I don't think but about um p uh, some buildings saying like actually we shouldn't be bringing a Birkbeck placement into mm. our um, into our world in, into our organisation because actually they're not from the city so say for example in, for regional theatres those people are probably not from that region they're not going to mm. add anything to that local area right. when they leave I mean some right. do and some don't I See. suppose but I think that may uh, potentially they are not offering a wealth of directors or as many assistant directors or emerging directors in that area the opportunities that mm. someone that doesn't have Birkbeck does Leeds Playhouse has just got rid of their Birkbeck and replaced it with the RTYDS course which is brilliant for one person to get an 18 month RTYDS um, is which is the regional theatre young direct scheme wicked um, I always think that yeah. might not be in the right order but it's those words in some kind of formation gotcha and um so that that offers someone uh, like a twenty three grand salary to work uh, per year to work for eighteen months to get that same training that you would wow. get at Birkbeck and at the end you get to direct a show in that venue. So actually that is beneficial to that person that gets that scheme mm. and beneficial to the theatre and allows them to maybe get a sense of the 
local area and give back to that theatre ecology potentially when they leave and potentially not same as same as the Birkbeck but I think that people are finding ways to offer a similar opportunity mm-hmm. but that is more accessible to people from different backgrounds well, well. and there's like for, as a director or the, the idea of a director there's a sort of and I don't know the history of the word or the etymology of the term or where sort of like how it's evolved over mm. the last hundred years in British theatre or, or any other um, sort of um, profession but there's an element of in charge right power running a room and yeah the director and, and in terms of those sort of power structures and hierarchies and blah 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 how do you find that you're a woman right I am and director is that has that ever been do you see it being is it a worry that you have um, is um, there anything that's been talked about this week? Dum dum dum. Call back to what we were chatting about. Before. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, just before this podcast started, uh, me and Neems were talking about um, the female identifying a non-binary forum that happened last uh, yesterday lunchtime, and um, I was asked by a student at the festival, "Do I find that as a as a woman leading a room or assisting a leader in the room?" And I've never assisted a woman. Interesting, interesting to point out. And so actually. It's been brilliant. I've heard a lot from the, the men that I've assisted, but I'm so keen to to assist a woman because I think that actually I don't often see myself a lot in the men that I assist. Right, or yeah. I think like that's brilliant, but that's not me. Mm. That's not a bit of me, and and I don't and it doesn't quite align. And actually, the last director that I assisted, I thought we like I saw a lot of myself in him, but for the first time maybe. Wow. Um, and because he doesn't have that kind of traditional, as you were saying, like over the last. You know, in in the past when it's like a director is to be direct and to run that room mm. very in in not a very democratic way, but maybe in quite um like a one man's vision kind of way. Captain. Yeah, yeah. A captain of the ship, definitely. Um, and I found that his way was and a, and a few directors actually that I've worked with not like that at all. It's very collaborative, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's definitely more me than it is like you over there, over yeah. there, over there. And we were also talking about apologising. Like I always am the first to apologise for making mistakes, and actually that's not something I hear all the time. Really interesting, yeah. Um, so I think it is quite different, and sometimes I think particularly with older male actors that I've worked with in the past and not all of them by any stretch that I don't mean mm. to be broad strokes but I think that um sometimes I've felt intimid like slightly intimidated mm-hmm. by um by men and maybe that's just me projecting and, and not how they're making me feel but maybe well, it's there's like a really a more inter- internal yeah, feeling it's a very interesting conversation to be had about the paranoia because mm. um I've spoken about this a, a lot with um, uh, people who aren't white so like people of colour air quotes um of of, of different genders as well and that and the sort of idea that we we have a paranoia but for, for good reason mm. but for that reason we want to also give the benefit of the doubt a lot and when yeah. you stop doing that and when you but having that paranoia how does that affect how you are on a day-to-day you know how does that affect how you are in a room and then are you then making excuses for people who you might in hindsight realize oh no they were mistreating me or actually no they're, they're really brilliant and they're just you know, they might have a slight element of unconscious bias in the way that they yeah. operate, but not in a destructive way. Yeah, because it's just like a socialised thing that they've they've grown up with, yeah. I suppose. Um, sorry, what was the question? I don't know. That? I think I just it's, spoke. No, no, um, it's great. I think I was basically I was wondering about the 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 sort of you question yourself when you feel that you're being potentially mistreated or spoken to in a certain way because you are who you are. Um, yeah, and then. 
is it I don't know is it your first port of call to question yourself or you're right no that's bullshit I, I recognise that and I know that and that's wrong I think I internalise it first definitely right. and kind of take it away and think about mm. it and actually in the last couple of maybe even months if not the last year I have been starting to call people out on things and that's not necessarily a, g- a gender thing mm. uh, just on in, in more generally just on everything mm. i felt like i found it within myself to not brush things under the carpet which i used to do all the time for my for my sins and get mm. into trouble yeah. usually by letting things fester and not just coming out with it straight straight away um so i think that actually is tricky because i think also people don't like being told that they're wrong particularly on issues of right. of that kind of like um like social so on, on a kind of social issue in particular it's yeah. not maybe it feels like it's an attack but I think um and and a lot of like friends that I've got that like mansplain just to take like something mm-hmm. that is kind of red like that people experience a lot and I've been like look you I, you know you're, you're mansplaining and they're like I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not. and you're like <laughs> let me explain to you why I'm not yeah 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 and so I think like, actually it is a touchy subject and sometimes I think I have bottled it because I think it's just better for the sake of the room and the equilibrium within that room right that's really so sometimes you might not mention something because you feel like regardless of if the fact that you're sure you're you're right and you're sure that a certain personal group need to be aware of what they're doing and how they're coming across and the destructive element of that because you're aware and afraid that it might they might take it defensively it might cause a destructive sort of result in terms of the work that you're creating the harmony of a group yeah you internalize it or take it on be sad about it Mm. but the sort of show goes on yeah or i will and what i'm trying to do at the moment actually with a quite specific similar situation Mm -hmm. is to drip feed in so it's not like a sitting down and like quite a formal like complaint type scenario but it's more like i'm actually gonna slowly kind of question a couple of things that you're doing maybe Mm -hmm. have a little word about that and then eventually that hopefully will kind of sink in or get across to you but i think also like it's i guess it's like I, I'm I'm still quite early on in 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 my career when I'm running rooms like I, I do it mostly with young people and, and community groups at the moment which is interesting because actually maybe that have then more of a a responsibility to step up and call people shit out right yeah yeah, yeah. um because actually that is people that are really young like, like or younger and and shouldn't be you know we should be making that change so i feel sometimes more of a responsibility to do that but i think that actually myself i'm on a journey and i'm trying to work out the best way to do it and one day maybe it'll just happen so much that i'll just snap and it'll just all come out (laughs) and it'll be like opening pandora's box and it'll be a really messy chaos and the show will have to stop and i don't know probably not but um i don't know i'm still trying to work out the best way of approaching that because i'm very aware that if i go in as maybe a a kind of stereotypical I'm air quoting I don't even know what I'm saying but I'm air quoting already Um, but like a (laughs) yeah but like a kind of a your kind of stereotypical masculine traits I'm aware that that coming out of a a woman's mouth is often perceived badly by some people or it comes across as like bossy or um, 
like hysterical because or... of what they're used to I think or so or is it because of what they believe is it hard to decipher between the two yeah really hard and I think sometimes I like we're all socialised in a way that is like that is how this kind of person behaves and that is how that kind of person mm. behaves so stepping out of the status quo is interesting and difficult and really knotty and I think sometimes I catch myself and I'm like that's not even what I believe but I'm thinking it and it's like a real inner turmoil between heart and head or like one bit of your head and another bit of your head and I think it's really hard to decipher that and it's like and I'm learning all the time Mm. there was a so there was a show on called Yen yes student show here at the festival brilliant show um by Warwick University students mm. um, it went down the storm I think right yeah I brilliant. think so definitely yeah, it was brilliant and in the play so it's a, it's a it's a published play that was on at the Royal Exchange and the Royal Court as well yeah I'm not think sure so. it won the Brentwood I think won the, didn't yeah. it won so the it's Brentwood like an award winning play yeah it's, a, it's an amazing text and it's um, it's a it's an all white cast mm-hmm. um it's as in in, ter- in terms of the this production and I think previous productions and I think it's specifically written to be the characters are oh is it okay for, for them to be white mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware um, I'm pretty sure not that any other act complete but I think the, 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 the point of it is that it's, it's documenting that experience or, or representing a specific experience in a specific era or, or something like that um, and so there's there's there's, there's racism and um, homophobia and um, uh, misogyny in it, mm. and there's sort of like reference to that bitch with the small tits, and the the dog's called Taliban because he's brown and vicious. Yeah, and I, and I was just wondering, I was like, you know, because it's an incredible piece of writing, and you and you and you're really engaged with it, and I'm like, you know, I've been called some of those things, and I'm engaging with it in a different way, mm. or if I'm laughing, at it, I'm laughing a whole different way to someone else, and like, if you know, the bitch with the small tits is gonna hit me in a different way, then it's gonna. Perhaps hit me, <laughs> Ellen, uh, or did you Grace? Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And like when we're laughing at it, what are we what are we laughing at different things? Yeah, I guess so. I think that um, it's an interesting point because you can never know why someone else is laughing or how someone else is reacting. But either you're laughing at the character or you're laughing with the character. Right. And if you're laughing yeah. with the character, and I think you see that a lot, and that is when people are talking about problematic characters and problematic, so things mm. like the, I didn't see the show because of some of the trigger warnings and that kind of thing. Yeah. It was a bit much for me. Right. But you can see it in a couple of other shows. It really depends almost not on the intention of the words, mm. but on how you're going to perceive them. Because yeah. if you're going to laugh at a 13 year old boy saying something stupid because he's trying to get his brother's attention, mm. that's different to laughing at the girl with the small tits right or even laughing at the words wow that's yeah. really yeah definitely okay so there could be right so there's a few levels like dimensions of it yeah. of where like there's laughing with at and laughing like laughing with the character at the character or laughing at the person or body or idea that the character's talking about mm. yeah and I don't think that any of those are inherently wrong, but I do think that you have to think very carefully about why it is you're laughing. Mm. Um, and I found that with uh, Tanya, because it's about rich white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I know the kind of people, like because I come from Surrey, I come from a wealthy area, right. I know the people in that place. Yeah, yeah. And so I sit in that room and 
I've experienced those kind of yeah. parties and it's funny because it happens yeah. but I was talking to people who are from kind of working class backgrounds and could not connect to it because they've never met so someone it's like, from an yeah, oligarchy so, so it's different plays maybe you're not like in on the different sort of in in cultures and you're mm. not aware of it and in, in that respect is it quite interesting is it like a can it be a fascinating experience to go and you know in the same way that you know you watch a Shakespeare history but not you watch <laughs> one might choose to watch a Shakespeare <laughs> history play yeah. and many decide to continuously put these Shakespeare history plays on because of the fascination with like let's see this king and queen yeah. and, and monarch come to life why that's nothing like me mm. yeah it just reminds me of the discussion that we had names earlier mm. in the week about uh, both uni plus Yes. Because that is something that the majority of people at this festival have or will experience, mm. but not necessarily on the outside of that. And how, and I think, yeah, you're so right, Diddy Grace, in that you are either like with them and you've experienced that, or mm. you're outside and there's a, an element of fascination because it is so different from what you've experienced. Mm. And maybe there's some middle ground in between, I'm not quite sure. But yeah, interesting because would something like yen which is quite different from my experience that was really fascinating to me and maybe that was in some part the production and the way that well, it was presented it, yeah. but then somebody that hadn't gone to university or was not a student in a kind of similar college yeah. type context and went to see boast uni plus just making sure mm-hmm. i get the constants yeah. the right way around um like that maybe would be quite alienating if you hadn't been through that experience, but also who are we to say because we've all been through that experience in this room? I'm assuming Digi Grace. Yes, yes. I'm still okay. at uni. Well, Great. here's where it gets interesting because I've spoken to a lot of people who have gone through the university experience, um, are are currently having in the university experience or intend to have the university experience, and as and I mean I think there's so like the brilliance of that show is in its performances, in its style, in its sickness. Yeah. It's exciting, really, yeah. really just a cool thing to, to witness mm. and be part of. And there's audience interaction bits that are sort of just like generous yeah. rather than specific. Yeah. It's a show about university and it's a show about, and there's a, there's a, there's a cap on its, on its universalness because of the specificity of that. Mm. Now I don't think that cap has to be there. It could, alterations could mean it's a bit more widened but I think that's what it's a show for, for that mm. experience and the in-jokes about ski society and freshers and blah 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 um, you wouldn't know if you hadn't heard of a university experience from someone I've been yeah. I spoke to a student yesterday who was here who isn't a student anymore maybe or went to sixth form blah, 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 and doesn't, didn't know couldn't connect with it at all because they didn't get to university no. interesting and appreciated the skill level mm. but it was like because it's you'll be okay but there are sort of general themes of it of things ending but it's so so specific mm. and then I spoke to loads of people and like Ali who selected it who is so really self aware and aware of what he was putting through so because of its brilliance it selected it which is I don't I'm thinking maybe we'll select it sure we would have all selected it because of just how wicked it is and and you get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, does it have 
like um you can't be all things to all people no. and people and i think there is a definitely a degree of self-awareness in the companies of the audiences that they are aimed at or targeting yeah. with with each show um so like does it have to appeal to everybody i don't know it's a provocation i think yeah. maybe it and also i think it's worth saying that it wasn't it didn't come from a place of like typical middle class middle class uni goers you, you know it was yeah. people that have narratively like we've hustled to get here and like yeah. I've worked hard and I've got to mm. flip them first because I've worked really hard because yeah. getting this opportunity I was you know not going to let that not happen and that, yeah, that, that was yeah. the narrative of it wasn't and it? I didn't step out into you know daddy's office at the end of the day right. with my first yeah. all guns blazing yeah. ready to you know handed things on a plate so I think yeah there's a de- definitely there's like so many varying degrees of you like a bit kind of being accessible and like penetrating that mm. show mm. and great and then Schofield the mighty did you great did you great awesome. always thank you thank you very much thank you good job